0: Lecture Topic Ashura and the Opposing Ways of the West Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salaatu wa salaamu ala ibadihi al-lazhin ashtafa Amma ba'du fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanirrajim bismillahirrahmanirrahim Al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum ul-islam deena وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ <coughs> Most respected all of my Kiram, brothers and elders. Today is the 11th of Muharram. Yesterday was the 10th, the day of Ashura. Many people, Alhamdulillah, were fasting because of the virtue of fasting on that day and being something that Nabi himself practiced on and emphasized to a point though it was not compulsory but together with the 10th of Muharram many had kept fast on the 9th as well perhaps some didn't fast on the 9th so they are fasting today so whether we did fast or didn't fast nevertheless the lesson is still with us that some are fasting, why are they fasting, why are they fasting two days and not one day, the 10th of Muharram is actually the day of Ashura. So we've all heard this detail many times, that when Nabi sallallahu alayhi came to, Mukarram, to Medina Munawwara from Makkah Mukarramah, he made hijrat, and he had already been observing this fast, already from Makkah Mukarramah, when he came and found the Jews also fasting on this day. So he said to the sahaba Ikram, Sumu Ashura wa Khalifu al That you fast on the day of Ashura, but you oppose the Jews. How you fast one day in addition to the 10th of Muharram, you fast one day extra. You fast either the 9th and 10th, or the 10th and 11th. Now this is a very, very important lesson that was given on this occasion, and on many, many other occasions, the same lesson was given. The lesson of opposing the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with a deen which is complete, which is perfect. It was on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, the farewell pilgrimage, farewell hajj. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was in Mina and it was the Yawm nahar the day of Nahar of slaughtering qurbani and on this very very momentous occasion this was barely some very short while two months prior roughly two and a half months before Rasulullah left this world Allah ta'ala revealed this ayat, it was a day of Jumu'ah and Allah ta'ala revealed this ayat اليوم akmaltu lakum deenakum. on this day I have perfected for you your deen and I have completed my favor upon you. And I am pleased with لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ I am pleased with Islam being your deen. Now what is this deen all about? There's many many ways in which this is explained and can be understood. But in simple terms, it's a way of life. And if you wish to describe it as for the sake of understanding it in a context, it's a culture. Islam is a culture on its own. It's a way of life. Islam is not confined to the masjid. Islam is not confined to just some specific aspects of life. When somebody passes away then now we have to perform his janaza salah and bury him in a particular manner So that Islam only And if it's a month of Ramadan, then we'll fast. That's where Islam is only. It's a day of Jumu'ah, so now it's a day of the Muslims to come to the masjid. No, Islam governs every aspect of our life. From the time we come into this dunya, how we should be dealt with. When a child is born, what are the Islam... The child knows nothing. The child doesn't have any understanding. The child can't do anything for himself. But how is that child supposed to be received in dunya? That the child has been born, needs to be washed, the azan must be given, the iqama must be given, then there's sunnah aspects of tahniq, and then as the child grows up, what kind of Islamic tarbiyah and upbringing the child should be given? مرو أولادكم بالصلاة وهم ابناء وضربوهم عليها وهم ابناء wa وفرقوا بينهم في Nabi Islam says your child is now seven years old you instruct him to perform salah, teach him and instruct him he is not yet of age and salah is not compulsory on him but teach him already so that when the time comes that he is now obligated to perform salah it's long before already part of his system and not one salah goes in his life that he has missed it and he is now liable for having missed a farz and an obligation of Allah so now how the child from the time the child is coming to dunya how the child has to be raised, what kind of guidance must be given. The child is not of age yet, he is not responsible yet, but the parents have already been told how to conduct their, how to raise this child and what to do. And then when that person himself, that child now became of age, so now he himself is responsible, she herself is responsible, and responsible for what? For living their entire 24 hours of their daily life. In the manner of deen, the deen that Allah ta'ala revealed to Rasulullah that deen which Allah ta'ala speaks about in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Al Yawma Akmaltu Lakum Deenakum. And on this day I have perfected for you your deen. a deen? Your whole way of life. How whatever Rasulullah wa was given through the Wahi of Allah Wa Ta'ala, through the Quran Sharif and through what he taught and explained through the hadith sharif all this constitutes deen so whether it is how a person wakes up in the morning and what he does and how he then proceeds to the house of Allah to perform his fajr salah and how he spends the rest of his day and how he doesn't go to sleep before isha and then how he even sleeps the correct sunnah manner everything is part of this deen So now he's been given a perfect way of life. That whole day, how he will conduct it, to start off with in the morning, he will do certain things, how he goes about it, what kind of appearance he adopts, what kind of behavior he conducts himself in. Then in that course of that day and night, in the course of his life, in the weeks and months that will pass in his life, and years that will go, there will be sometimes some occasion that will come, there will be some wedding, there might be some funeral, there might be some other occasion that will come, how does he go about these things? What does he do? What does he not do? He'll want to have certain things in his home, he'll want to run his business in a certain manner, he'll want to socialize in a certain way, but he is a mu'min, he is a person who follows Rasulullah. And he's being a mu'min and being an ummati and a follower of Rasulullah, he follows that perfect deen which Allah Ta'ala revealed upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا Allah Ta'ala says, I am pleased with Islam being your deen. In other words, I am pleased with nothing else. I am displeased with everything else. I am pleased only with Islam being your way of life. Now this way of life that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam presented to us, to further emphasize that look, this is it. When these occasions came, now for example Ashura came Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam When he got to know the Jews also fasting on the 10th of Muharram So now to emphasize this lesson, look you follow Islam and don't have anything to do with the Yahud and Nasara in their ways Nabi sallallahu alayhi you fast two days so you will oppose their outward resemblance also Whereas nobody was fasting because of the Jews They were fasting even before they came to know of the Jews fasting the Jews were fasting because Musa Ali, salam, Allah ta'ala had saved him and the Bani Israel, and the Bani Israel from Firaun. And this was on the 10th of Muharram. So, as a token of thanksgiving, Musa Ali, salam, kept fast on this day. So, they followed suit. So, they did this. But Nabi was doing it before he got to know they were doing it also. So, this wasn't because of them. Yet, despite that, Nabi used to emphasize this lesson. He said, You don't. You don't even outwardly resemble them. Because somebody might get confused somewhere. They might think maybe you are doing this because of the Jews. So this lesson was repeatedly emphasized. Because when this starts happening. When the ways of the Yahud and Nasara are borrowed. What happens is when people of different cultures end up living next to each other. Are people of one culture. They have one way of life they have their own manner of doing things and then there's a people of a different culture that now they have to live side by side especially in the kind of situations that in countries where the Muslims are in a minority Now, as a minority a person is surrounded by people of different cultures somebody is doing something in some way somebody is doing something in another way somebody is dressing in some manner somebody has his own style of doing his wedding And now this person has got his culture, he's got his deen. But now because he's looking so much around and he repeatedly gets bombarded with what's going on around him and then through the media and then things get presented in a way as if something na'uzu billah, summa na'uzu billah, as if something else is better. Now what happens? He starts borrowing things. Now when he borrows something, he takes on something from somewhere else it means he's going to replace what he has with something that he took from outside. Now, what did he have? What he had was part of the perfect deen. What he had was the way of Rasulullah. Sallallahu wa now, he took something from outside, so he's going to stop something that he was already doing. So, he stopped something that was from Rasulullah sallallahu wa and replaced it with something from the Yahud and Nasara. Now what a serious matter that becomes. It happens first on a very very general, very very subtle way and a person doesn't even realize what he's taking and how he's borrowing and how he's changing and starts changing first externally and gradually that external changes start making internal changes. The heart and mind starts changing. And then you'll find a Muslim, Billah making comments against what Allah Ta'ala has revealed as part of the perfect deen. Now in the current world events, you'll find some Muslims also wondering, but will there be women's rights in Afghanistan, for example. Now what kind, what women's rights, what they're talking about, what's women's rights? The rights of women that the West has given, that she's allowed to walk naked on the road. In a way, dressed in such a way, that is nothing but naked that's the rights that the woman must have that she must be allowed to do what she wants as she wants and doesn't matter about anything about shame and modesty as long as she has that then she's free so she's shackled in all the customs and ways of the Yahud and Nasara now she's free she's freed from what? they freed her from modesty and shame her and us and everyone they want to free us from all the Beautiful way of life, freed in big, big inverted commas, taking us out from the freedom that Islam has really provided and into the shackles of the slavery of desires, into the shackles of the slavery of the West. Now you'll find a person commenting, but now this capital punishment, if somebody has committed murder, now this shouldn't be the case that the person's life is then taken. This is not. Now, people use the same kind of terminology and languages that they see in the media and read in the media, and that corruption that comes via the media, the propaganda, and they'll use the same kind of words. It's billah barbaric. But that murder was not barbaric, and that zina was not barbaric, and that wasn't something shameless. So, this comes from where? It comes when a person doesn't keep that line very, very clear. That this is what Islam is all about, This has got nothing to do with Islam, this way of life. On the one hand, Islam teaches us that let alone a human being, even if a dog is thirsty, and if you feed that thirsty dog with water, you'll be greatly rewarded. Allah knows best, that gets accepted in the court of Allah, that can become a means of a person's safety and salvation in akhirat. So what about a human being? A human being can be anybody. If he is in a need, we'll help him. He is in some difficulty, we'll try to remove the difficulty from him. If he didn't have bread and milk also in the time of the unrest, we'll give him bread also. We will serve that neighbor, whoever he is, because he's got rights over us as a neighbor. But we have a very distinct way of life. We'll help the whole of humanity. That's part of our deen. That's also part of this perfect way of life that Allah has given us. And Rasulullah is presented to us. But there won't be any compromise in our way of life. There won't be any compromise in saying that, no, Na'uzubillah, some of these things now need to be watered down. We can't expect to live in the 20th century without interest, for example, and without all these various other trimmings and trappings. This is something which existed in that era and time. It doesn't work in this time, Na'uzubillah. This is very dangerous to come anywhere near these kind of words for our Iman. Allah has blessed us with the most perfect deen. Sometimes because of the dust that has settled on our hearts, settled on our eyes, through the propaganda of the West, through looking at things around. Now as one person, his windows were all dusty and dirty and now some neighbors moved in next door. So now he's looking through this dirty and dusty window and he's looking at the neighbor's children outside And he's saying, how dirty these neighbors' children are. They don't even take care of the children. They can't give them a bath. So his wife actually made that comment once, twice. So then the third time she made the comment, so he went outside and he washed the window clean. So now she looked out and she said, Oh, I see, they gave them a bath. But the bath was on their own window. Those children were clean. So likewise, now we look at some things that Deen has given us, which is perfect which is completely pure, which is the best way of life but we're looking through the blinkers of the West we're looking through the way that the West has put the propaganda out and we look at it and say, no, no, this doesn't seem too nice na'uzu billah, summa that problem of what's not too nice is in our heart it's come out to our eyes, our vision we need to clean our heart out of all this dust and grime of the media and the propaganda and whatever other things that now affect our thinking and come on to the perfect deen of Rasulullah come on to that culture that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with which Rasulullah presented to us which is the most perfect way of life and nothing can come anywhere close to it to understand it to enjoy it and to take its benefit we'll have to adopt it as they say the proof of the pudding is in the eating when we will adopt it ourselves we will bring it alive in our homes we will distance ourselves from the culture of the Yahud and Masara then we will understand what is the beauty of Islam and what is the benefit of this. Allah give me and all of us a